So how's your spring break? Oh, great. I'm, I'm heating the pool. That's nice. Violet will get two days of swimming before the weather turns bad. Is it, it not supposed to rain in Southern California? What is going on? Oh, Corona apocalypse. Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Sarah Fain, a TV writer and producer living in L.A., and with me is my high school friend and writing partner, Liz. That's me, Liz Craft. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles. In this episode, we'll talk to Sarah Watson, creator of The Bold Type, about how COVID-19 disrupted her latest project. Then we have a mailroom question about how writers choose character names. We will probably not mention COVID-19 for the entire segment, Sarah. And then our Hollywood hack... That'll be a break. Yes. Our Hollywood hack is a video that will help you grocery shop safely during this crisis. But first, we have an update. A couple, actually. Yes, Sarah, I wanted to mention to our listeners that Gretchen and I, um, Gretchen is my co-host of Happier with Gretchen Rubin, um, we are doing an Insta Live every day, Monday through Friday, just during this time when we're all at home and coping with the COVID-19 crisis. We've got tips and challenges and questions and all sorts of stuff. So um, check us out on Instagram. You can follow Gretchen at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Liz Craft. And it'll be up always 24 hours after we do it as well. And it's such a bright spot in the day. I'm so glad you're doing that. I'm glad it's giving me structure, which I desperately need. (laughs) And then second, we also wanted to check in just about life during COVID-19. Obviously, it's changed in enormous ways for most, if not all of us. Um, This is, for example, the second episode that we have recorded not in the same place. It's super weird. It is. Luckily, our system um, allows us to see each other, which helps. Yes. Um, But it's definitely different not to be together. Yes. And we've noticed that, like, there are these huge ways that life has changed, but then there are these, like, weird, unexpected, small ways that life has changed as well. Like, I posted on Facebook that I noticed that I have stopped drinking coffee, which just is so bizarre. I just one day suddenly wasn't a coffee drinker anymore. Yeah, because you were drinking like two big things of iced coffee or cold brew, I guess it was, every day. Every single day. And I was like starting to be very identified with that giant cup. Yes. And it turns out a lot of other people have stopped drinking coffee, Sarah. Yeah, I think for some reason, like everyone is like, I don't need coffee. I want tea now. Tea is comforting and soothing. And that's what people seem to need. It's fascinating. Yeah, you had posted about this on in our Facebook group, and then all these people chimed in. They weren't drinking coffee or other things. Some people have lost their appetite, which, I mean, I'm jealous of that. Yeah, that might be nice for at least a few days. Um, someone unintentionally became a vegetarian. She's just suddenly not eating meat anymore. <laughs> um, somebody else is obsessed with taquitos. That's one that I can relate to. <laughs> Me too. Um, a couple of people said they've stopped drinking alcohol. Again, not like with intention, just they're not anymore. Yeah, I think they usually drink alcohol when they're out, like mm-hmm. socially. And so since they're not socializing, they're not drinking. 
Also, Sarah, it has to be noted, a lot of people are baking so much bread. Yes, there's been like a run. There were newspaper articles about how you can't get flour and yeast anymore. (laughs) I completely identify with that. Crazy. There's definitely like an urge for me to just like make things. Mm, I don't have that urge. I wish I did. (laughs) But you have another urge, Liz. What is your strange thing that you've been doing? Well, shockingly, Sarah, I have been doing some cleaning. You know, it is not like me to clean. (laughs) I'm sort of known for not cleaning. It's a major conflict with my husband, Adam, and every roommate I've ever had in my life. But I have found myself making the bed every day. I have been doing tons of laundry, which I always do laundry, but I mean, I'm doing it more efficiently. I have been like spraying the counters with Lysol and cleaning the (laughs) counters. I've been doing the dishes constantly. I even have been doing some vacuuming. Whoa. This uh, weekend, I was thinking of tackling the bathrooms, believe it or not. We'll see if it happens. So yeah, I'm cleaning. That's coming for me next week. Bathrooms are on the list. Ugh. (laughs) And so are you enjoying it or you're just doing it? Um, no, I am kind of enjoying it. I think it's that thing um, we, we talk about and we talk about on Happier, which is that outer order, you know, contributing to inner calm. I think yes. it's making me feel more calm to have the house tidy. Um, so I really am trying to keep up with that. It's a new day for me. So hopefully this will stick like certain things. You know, when this whole period passes, things will go back to the way they were and other things won't go back. And I'm hoping that me cleaning is something that continues on. I'm guessing I will go back to coffee. I'm guessing you likely will. (laughs) Okay, Sarah, it's time for From the Treadmill Desks Of, in which we discuss what's most pressing in our work psyches. And this week, it's how COVID-19 has shut down Hollywood. Yes, Hollywood has in many ways come to a complete standstill. People are having Zoom meetings and even making deals, but production has completely stopped. And of course, production is at the heart of what we do. Yes. So we are going to talk to fellow TV writer Sarah Watson, who was in the middle of producing a dream project pilot for Fox when COVID-19 changed our lives. We're going to hear all about what that was like um, and how she's dealing with it. Sarah Watson is a television writer, producer, and novelist. She's the creator of the freeform series The Bold Type, the show that the New York Times described as sex and the single girl for millennials. Previously, she was a writer and executive producer of the critically acclaimed NBC drama Parenthood. Her debut novel, Most Likely, came out recently to all sorts of acclaim. She is currently writing and executive producing an untitled pilot for Fox about a group of kids from a small town who put on an ambitious shot-for-shot remake of The Goonies. The film's director, Richard Donner, executive produces along with Steven Spielberg's Amblin Entertainment. Sarah, welcome. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. As you guys know, I am a huge fan of the pod. And so I shouldn't have said guys. I should have said gals. We're working on that. (laughs) We're working on it too. Don't worry about it. I say a lot of y'all. I just can't get into y'all. It's just so not me. Um, All right. Now, Sarah, before we get to the COVID-19 of it all, tell us about your pilot. It's for Fox. Yes, it's for Fox. Uh, I love it so much. It's about a group of kids from a small Midwestern blue collar town who come together to put on this absolutely ambitious shot for shot remake of The Goonies. 
and uh, their substitute teacher, who's the lead of the show, helps them out. And it's just, it really is my passionate love letter to cinema storytelling and dreams. Oh, that's such an amazing idea. I, yeah, I must oh, see so this. Fun. Like, yes. it, it just <laughs> warms my heart thinking about it. Well, it's also so hopeful and so optimistic, and it just really is all about dreams, and I do feel like it's what the world needs right now. And yes. where were you shooting? In Atlanta. Okay, so tell us, like, you were, I know you got at least to your table read, because um, <laughs> I was following your whole journey on Facebook. Um, so what, were there whispers about coronavirus? Was it on your radar? At what point did it get on your radar? It's so strange looking back now. I mean, looking back, it was, this was two yeah. weeks ago, but every hour feels like a year yeah. right now. Yeah. COVID-19 was on our radar, but not as much as you would think. It, we really felt sheltered down in Atlanta. Um, even the day we decided to delay shooting, I think there still was only one case in the entire state of Georgia. So we were in this sort of bubble of disillusionment, I think. we, um, you know, You know how busy it is when you're in prep for a pilot. Yeah. You don't even have time to look at the news. And so we would be in yeah. meetings all day on location scouts, not really looking at the news, and there was no vibe of fear in Atlanta. It was very much business as usual. Like, even the night before our table read, and the table read day was the day we made the decision not to go forward right now, um, I went out to dinner with one of our network execs and the Amblin execs, and the restaurant was packed. And and then, um, and then Charlie Anders, one of the network execs, said to me, oh, well, this other Fox pilot just made a decision to shut down. Mm. And I was like, what? Yeah, you're like, what? <laughs> like, but it's, what? But it's, <laughs> he said, you know, it's Chicago, there's an outbreak there. And, you know, and then, but, and I had been up till three the night before finishing revisions on the script. So I was just, I was so brain dead. And I just think so in this hyper focus thing that I just wasn't seeing what was going on in the world around me. And then what happened between that moment and actually shutting down? Like, and how did that happen? Was it a call? Was it a discussion? Well, yeah, it was really interesting. Like I said, we had the pilot read on that. It was the Friday morning two weeks ago. Um, the pilot, the table read was at noon. And so we were doing a pre-table read with the actors. And so I really was just so focused on that. And the director, Greg, and I were just so focused on getting the actors up to speed because we were such a late pickup that a lot of our casting was late. Mm. So that table read was the first time some of the actors were meeting each mm. other. And we hadn't had rehearsals with most of them. The kids were the only ones we'd rehearsed with. And so there, there was so much stress going into that table read. Um, and then right before the table read... Um, Michael Thorne, the president of Fox, pulled Greg, the director, and I aside to let us know that Peter Roth, the head of Warner Brothers, was going to reach out to all the showrunners individually, but that he was letting the decision be ours, whether we wanted to keep going or not. Mm. And so Greg Matola, my amazing, amazing director, and I had a very quick conversation. I mean, this was like five minutes before the table read. And we said, you know, let's pull all the actors and department heads together later this afternoon. And we'll, I, I, if anybody feels afraid, we're, we're, not, it's, we're not doing this mm -hmm. right now. We have mm -hmm. to think about everybody's health and safety. 
And between that conversation and the end of the table read, and it was also the most amazing table read oh, ever. Oh. Like, um, like amazing. I mean, it was just one of those just Magical, lightning in a bottle. Yeah, yeah the oh. script worked. The actors were amazing. But between that one hour that we were in that room, everything changed. Mm-hmm. And we knew as soon as it was over, we, you know, instead of having that meeting where we were going to discuss it with department heads and actors, instead that was, we met at 4 p.m. that afternoon on one of the stages and let them know um, we're shutting down for now. And what was that like? Because doing a pilot, I mean, as you were just saying, I mean, it's a, just adrenaline rush, a constant adrenaline rush for weeks on end. I mean, that's kind of what's fun about it. And then to have it just stop. What was that like flying home? And, and were you, did you hit a depression? Were you just in shock? <laughs> I like, think I'm still in it. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was such a weird thing because also for me, the adrenaline was not even just a pilot, which is insane on its own level. But I also had a book come out that week. Yes, oh my God. which we also are going to talk about your <laughs> yes, book we'll get there. Um, because that obviously has been somewhat impacted in terms of your publicity. Yeah. So the book came out that Tuesday and then I was supposed to start shooting a pilot the following Monday. So any second I wasn't spending on the pilot, I was promoting my book. I was doing interviews. I was on social media. I was doing giveaways. And so, yeah, it was really a big come down. We made the decision to shut down on Friday. I was on the last flight out Saturday. I had told my tr- travel coordinator, do my travel last. I want to make sure every, you know, I'm the captain. I got to mm-hmm. go down with the ship. So it was a pretty full flight back to LA from Atlanta that was basically all production people from different shows. And then that Sunday, I think I slept for 10 hours that night. And I've just been, it has, it's been a really weird adrenaline come down. It's been, it's been tough. I've been listening to a lot of Happier in Hollywood. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we like that. We appreciate that. Yes. And then Sarah, what's the plan moving forward? Are you going to write another episode? Yeah, so I the plan moving forward is they ordered they officially ordered a backup script and they did very quickly. They ordered it on Monday after I was back and I was so grateful for that just to have something to keep me busy and some normalcy. Yeah. Um so I'm doing that and I'm writing the series format I think they call it now. It's basically a bible. Mm-hmm. So I do have things keeping me busy, but we really don't know when we'll be able to shoot again. You know, originally um everybody was saying Oh, a couple weeks, yeah. we'll know more. And it just doesn't seem like that. And, you know, I take comfort in that we're all in the same boat, but it's the uncertainty is weird. I am definitely a control freak, you know, but that's our business. So, yes, if, if any of us are used to anything, it's uncertainty. <laughs> Not knowing six months from now what we'll be doing is, is very um, normal for us. Or six days from now these days. <laughs> yeah, right. <Sure. laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Okay, but Sarah, as you mentioned, you have this amazing book out. It's your debut novel. It's called yeah. Most Likely. Tell us the premise because I it's just a fantastic premise and I'm so excited about it. Yeah, I'm excited about it too. It's um it's a story about four best girlfriends, their senior year of high school, and we know something that they don't, which is that one of them is going to grow up to be the president of the United States. Oh my god, it gives me chills. Chills. I yes. uh, I loved writing it, and it's a mystery which girl gets the gig. So it's all about 
how our friendships impact us and turn us into the women we become. Oh, my God. Amazing. And you've gotten so many great reviews for this book. It's been on so many lists. Um, how are you dealing with the <laughs> sort of um, publicity during this time? I mean, in a way, it's a good time to have a book out because people, I think, are reading more. Yeah, it's been a really weird journey. And this also is such a lesson to me in sort of stressing about the things you can and can't control, because really the hardest part of this whole process and the hardest part about getting a pilot picked up was I had to cancel my book tour. Mm. And that was really, really heartbreaking. I had been, you know, working on this book for almost two years such a labor of love. And just as I'm about to launch it out into the world and do all these amazing events, it just the way the calendar worked out, I couldn't, I couldn't do this book tour. And then the 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 punchline is it would have been canceled yeah. anyway. <laughs> like, right. Every, everything, uh, is canceled. everything happens at once. I know. So you know, I'm doing a lot of online things and really doing anything I can any any interviews, any, I've had more time to interact with people on Twitter and, and Instagram and those kind of places. So that's been nice. And I've been getting really nice direct messages from readers, but it's also weird. Cause I was looking forward to, even though I had to cancel the tour, I was looking forward to the LA times festival of books yeah. and you know, all these big yeah. events that as a debut author, it would be my first time. So it's, it's been weird. Now, are you so you're working on the next episode of Slowly. your show? <laughs> so, so many people, including us, are trying and absolutely just totally failing to actually yes. write right now. Do you have any tips for literally me and Liz yes. and anyone else <laughs> in this position about how we can concentrate? It's so hard to concentrate. Yeah, I'm having a really, really hard time. Last week, I finally, I, this was, I think, my best advice. I gave up last week because oh. it was so new and so fresh. I said, I'm giving myself till Friday to wallow. Mm. And I did. And then I stopped because otherwise I wasn't writing and I just felt guilty that I wasn't writing. So last week I read books and I did puzzles and took really long walks and hung out with my dog and my boyfriend. And so weirdly, this week has been harder because I've, I have tried to get into a routine and I'm struggling. Mm -hmm. I, used, I used to do one hour writing sprints. I've been trying to do those 25 minute Pomodoros mm -hmm. or I always call yeah, them Pomodoros. Yeah. And even that's hard. So I've started doing 10 minutes and I'm just hoping that eventually I'll tend will turn into 15. But I'm I'm also trying to not beat myself up too much because I did just come out of a really intense time. Yes. Um, I think on top of being stressed out and the anxiety of the world, I'm also really burned out. Mm -hmm. So look, we have the time right now, there's no rush. And so I'm trying to give myself a little bit of just trying to take myself off the hook a little bit. Lower the bar is lower yes, the bar. Lower the bar. <laughs> That is the motto for this time. It is. But I, I do think your advice to even try 10 minutes is smart. And I'm going to use that for myself because I'm having, yeah. I, I have my moments where I get into a flow, but for the most part, it's just a struggle. Yeah. I keep listening to Happier in Hollywood, hoping that you got gals, gals, you gals will have the magic answer. Well, we're going to try. We'll be working on it. Yes. 
We'll report yes. back. Yes. <laughs> Stay tuned. Let me know. <laughs> Sarah, thank you so much for joining us. It was great to talk yes. to you. Thank you so much for having me. I Like I said, I've loved this pod forever. You can follow Sarah on Twitter and Instagram at Sarah Watson 42 and take a mental break from COVID-19 <laughs> with her new book, Most Likely, available wherever you buy books. Next up, a character naming mailroom question. But first, this break. Liz, there is nothing I love more than having a delicious meal that I didn't have to cook, which is why I have been getting no prep, no mess meals from Factor. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Last night, I had blackened salmon with broccoli and with cauliflower rice. It was so delicious. It was the perfect dinner. Head to factormeals.com slash HIH50 and use code HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code HIH50 at factormeals.com slash HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Okay, it's time for our mailroom segment. We have a listener question from our Facebook group. Andrea wrote in, writers in the group, how do you choose names for characters, especially main characters? What's your thinking behind it? Well, I thought this was such a good question because we actually spend a lot of time talking about character names. We can spend yes. like a whole day trying to think of good names. We really can. Um, and it was interesting because since it was on our Facebook group, a lot of other people weighed in and it was fascinating to see how other people do it. Like some people look at the credits of movies, which I've done also because it's so many names yes. going past you on the screen so quickly. You can be like, ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. And one of my favorite character names came from two side-by-side -side gravestones in a cemetery. I ha we haven't used the name, um, but Bixby Hawks Bixby was the name, Hawks. which I think is just like for like a Southern character. Isn't that like a great name? I love it. I was it. driving past a cemetery and saw like the two stones next to each other. I love that. And then Sarah, we've for years used the names of your former students. When you did Teach for America, you remember all of their names. So you'll sort of go through your mental Rolodex. Yes, it's like real people have such great names. And then for some reason, you and I always try to name someone in our pilot Walton because we love Walton Goggins. <laughs> yes. Um, and also, of course, for us, people we went to high school with. Yes. Like we have a friend named Jared from high school and we always have Jared's. We always throw Jared's in there. Yes. Yeah. And then, of course, we do the, the usual baby name books. Yeah, we have a bunch of different ones that we refer to. And those are fun, of course, because they tell you what the name means. Um, and sometimes that will um, influence whether or not we want to use the name for a character. I mean, the thing we try to do is make the name not sound too soap opera-ish, um, but at the same time, make it distinctive. 
Yes, and we also really try to tie names to the age of the character. Like, if we think oh, a character yes. was born in 1968, we'll look up the most popular names of 1968 and then try not to pick one in the top three unless, you know, that's super appropriate for the character for some reason. But we really try to give them, like, a specific time period name. Yeah, and we also often do pick exactly, you know, what their ethnicity is um, so that the mm -hmm. name can be more specific. So we'll say, okay, this character is Armenian, and then we'll use an Armenian name. Now, having said that, one thing that we all need to understand, Sarah, about <laughs> naming characters is that yeah. if something gets produced, 99% chance that every single name you've picked is not going to clear and you're going to have to choose totally different names and you'll end up just choosing anything that will clear at the end of the day. Yes, you'll go through like 15 rounds with the script coordinator who's like torturing you with like, nope, didn't clear, didn't clear. What about this? What about that? What about this? What about that? And finally, you just like throw up your hands. And it's so sad because you put so much into it and made them so specific and then it's just like, whatever. And then you're like, okay, Tom John Smith. Yes, John Smith. <laughs> love it. Great. That's his name. It's very funny. Oh, it's sad. <laughs> but anyway, I think we're all trying to write right now. So we're probably all coming up with character names. Um, Sarah, you and I have been coming up with a bunch um, for our narrative fiction podcast. Yes, I just named someone Cam Gardner this morning. Oh, I don't know. Cam Gardner. Seems a little soapy. That's a good I, name. I'm not sure about That's it. That's a good name. Um, well, had I done more writing, I would have come up with more names, but um, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> All right. Next up, a Hollywood hack that will hopefully make dealing with groceries less stressful. But first, this break. Okay, it's time for this week's Hollywood hack. And of course, Sarah, it is COVID-19 related. It is a grocery shopping PSA from a family physician in Michigan called PSA Safe Grocery Shopping in COVID-19 Pandemic. Yes, it's a YouTube video. It's 13 minutes long, made by Dr. Jeffrey Van Wingen. And it's basically about how to deal with your groceries once you get them in the house, because I have been so stressed about this. Some people may think it's, like, too stressful to watch it and to feel all that, like, oh, God, you should be doing all these things. And some people might be really comforted by it. I was really comforted by it because I like to have a system. Mm -hmm. And this gives you, like, a system for, like, okay, the groceries are in. This is how I'm going to clean them off and put them away. Can you do, like, just the broad strokes or do we really need to watch every minute of the video, do you think? Um, I mean, the video is kind of interesting, but the broad strokes are basically like clean off the space where you're going to put the bags down before you bring them in the house and then have like a clean space and a dirty space and in the put everything in what's going to be the dirty space, clean it off and then put them in the clean, uh, clean space. I'm not going to do it justice. Just watch okay. the video. Yeah, it's a it's a thing. And, and takeout, same same issue. You know, how do you? Yes. And he addresses takeout? that as well. <laughs> Good. Well, we all um, want to do everything we can to get those germs taken care of. Yes. So it's called, again, PSA Safe Grocery Shopping in COVID-19 Pandemic. We'll put it in the show notes for this episode at happierinhollywood.com. So everybody watch this video. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Um, let's all do what we have to do. 
And that is it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. For questions or comments, email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and please subscribe if you haven't already. Thank you to our guest, the brilliant Sarah Watson. Read her new book, Most Likely. Thanks to our executive producer, the awesome Chuck Reed, and thanks to everyone at Sancola Sound. You can follow them on Instagram at Sancola Sound. Thanks to everyone at Cadence 13. And as always, thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project. Check out the other Onward Project podcasts. Happier with Gretchen Rubin, Side Hustle School, and Do the Thing with Whole30's Melissa Urban. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram at Fain and Liz is at Liz Craft. We also have a Facebook group. Search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join in on the conversation. Until next week, I'm Liz Craft. And I'm Sarah Fain. Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job. And we enjoy it remotely. <laughs>And I did not cry through this episode, which is an improvement. Yes, I was I was wondering <laughs> if you were going to cry. <sighs>